It's in his name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. We're glad that you're here. Glad that, that uh, for those of you who are in the, the main sanctuary, those who, of you who are in the overflow, we affectionately call uh, FBC Cloudcroft South, our, our South Campus, just now. A few feet away, that's supposed to be funny. But if you're new here, you don't know um, that that's just in our fellowship hall. Uh, those who are joining us online, we, we appreciate you guys jumping in. Um, so uh, I got a couple of things that, that I need to let you know. Uh, you're probably wondering why I have a big bag of candy uh, up here with me. It's because my wife loves me and she said, can I put this on your table? And I said, of course you can. I can. St- that's not what it's for. Okay. <laughs> So uh, we are doing, you know, this is, this is like the weirdest year on record, uh, I know, in, in our lifetimes, uh, but we are still going to do Harvest Fest, and, and uh, in, in town, as, as near as I understand it, they're still going to be able to do the trick-or-treat uh, in, uh, trick-or-treat on Borough Street, they call it, in the shops. So we're still going to have it here. Last year, um, over a two-hour period, we had about 400 people come through. We don't know what it's going to look like this year, but here's what we do know, that we're going to need some candy uh, to, to hand out uh, as they come by. We get little bags of candy. We prepare them ahead of time. They can pick them up as they go through. We're going to have hot dogs. We're going to have popcorn. We're going to have hot chocolate. And because I'm your pastor, we're going to have some coffee. Um, and, uh, and so we would invite you to just to, to come out for that. That's going to be that Saturday, um, the 31st, um, from 3 to 5. And, and you, can, you can sign up to help. So you can, you can contact the church office. They will get your name. Cynthia will contact you. Or you can catch Cynthia right after the service today. For those of you who are joining online, just uh, contact. You can either call or email the church office. And we, there is a place for you. That, that's kind of our little tagline here. Um, but certainly in serving, there's a place for you. We are glad that you're here. And if this is your first time here then, then I, there's something that, that I would like for you to do. This is brand new. We, we did it last week, and we actually had two people that did this, but I didn't, it, for some reason, the names didn't come through, um, and I, I felt a little weird texting just numbers, not knowing who I was texting. But you can text the word WELCOME to 575-205-4740. That's 575, I felt like a salesman. 575 475. I, I, I put a, a graphic, but I forgot to tell you about it. 575 405 4740. No wonder. I wondered whose phone had the, uh, the YouTube thing going. It was me. That's why I'm hearing my little echo up here. I thought it was Angelo. I'm sorry, brother, for thinking that you would be as forgetful as I am. Yeah. Uh, so if you do that, the other way that you can do it, uh, if you're online, if this is not your first time, but you need to connect with us or would like to connect with us, uh, we have a digital connect card that's at fbccloudcroft.org, and uh, you can just click on that and fill out that connect card. In any case, whether you're here in the main sanctuary in FBC Cloudcroft South, uh, that's in a basement where you get down, if you, or whether you're joining us online, we are so glad you're here. We're in a series in Luke, and, and this is... One of those, uh, last week we, we did uh, authority. It's talking about Jesus' authority as we head into this passage. And, and last week, we, it was just too big of a message for, for one hour. And so um, we're doing part two, authority part two. And, and I just want to read the, the verse for you again, the passage for you again, and then we'll, we'll jump into it. It says in, in Luke chapter 4, verse 38, and he arose and left the synagogue and entered into Simon Peter's house. I added 
the Simon Peter part. That's who it is. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. This is, this is way cool. I, I'll finish reading just for, just for fun. And the demons came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he, that is Jesus, rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. He was the Messiah. Um, Jesus, if you remember, he just comes out. He's really just kind of getting started in his ministry. But already word of this amazing rabbi has gone out and people are coming in droves to hear him and and so that had just happened he had just finished teaching in the synagogue and now he goes to simon peter's mother-in-law's house that that gets a little confusing um so simon peter's wife's mother's house he goes there and she's sick and this is uh, to me this is a little funny um the ladies might not think it's quite as funny she's sick so um uh, they appeal to jesus would you heal her and he does, and, and I don't know if they ask her to do this or she just did it, but it'd be like, hey, I'm glad you're feeling better. Can we get some supper? <laughs> did you, do you mind fixing us some dinner? And so she served them, she waited them, she got them dinner. The, the point of that, I believe, why Luke included that was her healing was complete. When Jesus healed her, how many of you ever been sick and you had a fever and finally the fever breaks and you feel better? And you get up and take about four steps and then you realize how tired and weak you are. And, and sometimes that takes another, another week to recover from an illness like that. She didn't need any recovery time. He healed her. She, she gained her strength back and got up and served them. And that wasn't, you know, popping something in the microwave. Um, in, in order to make a dinner for no telling, I mean, we know there are 12 disciples. There are probably 15, 20 people there at least. Um, you know, how would you like that? You know, get, get up off of your, your sick bed and now you get to serve 20 people dinner and, and make it from scratch. They didn't, they didn't know any other way. Jesus healed her completely. And, and I want to kind of unpack this a little bit for you. I heard this. I've been watching a lot of conferences. Everything is online these days. And I heard a guy say this and I'm, I'm going to steal it from him. We're going to double click on this. Huh, yeah, you see, no, it was way cooler when he said it. But we're, we're going we're gonna to camp out on this just a little bit. Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. And, and what happened was basically, and Mark, the way it reads, the whole town showed up at their doorstep. And Jesus healed people well into the night, through the wee hours of the morning. And, and if they had demons, he cast the demons out. The point is that Jesus has authority not only in teaching not only over demons but even over illness even over sickness that jesus has authority and, and so let me just give you the big idea and then we're going to kind of jump into this a, a little bit when you don't understand what god is doing you can trust who god is does that make sense to you when you don't understand what god is doing you can trust who god is and i don't know about you but but God is way past me. Um, I, I'm so glad because I'm very finite. God is infinite. And there are so many times when I don't understand what God is doing. And, and, and here's where this kind of unpacks for me. We know that Jesus has all authority, right? 
In fact, right before this, there, there's a, um, a scene that, that Matthew records that Luke doesn't give us. So I want to read this to you. This is Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. You, you probably know about it. The centurion, his, his slave, his servant was sick. And so when Jesus had entered into Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he, that is Jesus, said to him, I'll come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority and soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled, and he said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Jerusalem have I found such faith. So, so Jesus uh, is approached by this centurion. That was a soldier who had a hundred soldiers under him. And, and he, said, he said, Lord, my, my servant is sick. And Jesus said, I'll, I'll come and heal him. And he says, no, you don't, you don't even need to do that. I, I can recognize authority when I see it. And I know that you're a man of authority. And, and, and the way that he says it, the implication is, my authority is much less, but I still understand this. I have a hundred men under me, and when I tell one of them to do it, he does it. I don't have to go do it. I say the word, and it happens. And so Jesus, I love it. <laughs> um, a, a little bit later down, Jesus says to the centurion, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. Now, it took him a little bit of time to get back, but can you imagine the conversation? He gets back home, his servant was healed, and he's saying, about how long ago did that happen? And he realizes it was the moment that Jesus said it. Jesus has all authority. So then, how come not everybody is healed? That's hard, isn't it? Well, why is it that that not everyone gets healing from sickness. And, and that's what I want to unpack a little bit in here because listen, we are going to deal with pain and suffering and sickness and death in this world. It, it comes to all of us in one way or another at some time or another. And, 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 and as I look at this and I see, and, and, and Scripture just makes it abundantly clear that Jesus has all authority and in this last one he has authority even over sickness he doesn't even have to be there he says the word and the servant was healed so so why is it why is it that not everyone gets healed well let me read to you this this passage out of john <laughs> by the way i i I guess you probably figured this out. When I, when I hit the tough questions, I read the Bible a whole lot. Does that, <laughs> yeah, let, let, let's let the Bible speak to it. This is in John. It's in chapter five, beginning in, in verse one. And, and this is a, a story you've probably heard. It, it's a really, if you, if you think about it a bit, it, it's a bit of a funny story. Here's the way it picks up. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem now, you guys just know this. This is just a little fun fact. No matter where you are, you have to go up to Jerusalem because Jerusalem's up on a hill. You know, I, I grew up in Texas, so you would go up north and down south, but you always go up to Jerusalem. And now that we live in Cloudcroft, it's kind of that way too. You go up to Cloudcroft, you go down to Alamogordo, down to Mayhill, right? Okay, anyways. 
So they went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. Again, let me just point this out. Luke gives us incredible detail because it happened and, and we can check it out. So, so Luke gives all of this detail, and then he says here in verse 3, in these, in the colonnades, there lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. So, so picture the scene. There's this pool in Bethesda. There's five colonnades, and, and, and you walk up on it, and, and the scene is, I, I'm just guessing it doesn't say, but a but hundred or hundreds of people that are lying there around, and, and you've got lame, you've got paralyzed, you've got blind and, and all of them laying on their cots. And there was one man there who had been an invalid for 38 years. There's a hundred or so people here. And Jesus zeroes in on the one man who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And, and while I'm going, another steps in before me. Now, let's give a little bit of background we don't get from here. But there, there was a, a, I don't know if you call it a myth or a story or a tradition that, that an angel would come and stir the waters and the first one in would get healed. The Bible doesn't really comment on this at all, but that's why the man was there. He thought that that might be the case and he said when that happens others can get there before me i am I'm, I'm i'm paralyzed i'm an invalid i can't walk and you know if i try to crawl there before i get there someone is is there before me and jesus said to him get up take up your bed and walk and at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and he walked now that day was the sabbath it says that a little bit later on because the religious leaders did not like that at all so, so picture this if you can. If you can get this, this scene in your mind, Jesus comes up, there's, we'll, we'll play it down low, a hundred or so people around, lame and invalid, they can't walk, they're paralyzed, they're blind. And Jesus walks over, I, I like the way one pastor describes it. We don't know if this was the case or not, but, but just imagine with me. Jesus is stepping through the crowd. Pardon me, excuse me. Uh, pardon me. Oh, sorry about the finger. Yeah, um, Jesus wouldn't do that. That would have been me. Jesus picks his way through the crowd to this man, and he heals him. Why is it that some people are healed and not others? We know that it's not. Because God is unable, because he certainly is able. Jesus has all authority. He is able to heal anyone. He's able to heal everyone. So why is it that some are not healed? Well, we know it's not because he's uncaring. Listen, God loved the world so much in that while we were still sinners, that Christ died for us on the cross. Picture this, Jesus on the cross. As God poured the sin of the world upon him, Jesus became our sin. The one who knew no sin became our sin. 
Jesus was dying for the one who spat on him, for the one who mocked him, for the one who taunted him, who said, you say that you're the son of God. If you really are, come down from the cross and show us. For that guy, Jesus was dying. We know that he's not uncaring. He loves us enough that he took our sin and took the punishment for our sin on the cross. So we know that's not it. And, and let me say, and, and this may step on some toes. I, I hope you brought your... Your tough shoes this morning. Yeah, steel toe boots. It is not because of a lack of faith that some people are not healed. I had a close, close friend. Um, and, and his wife had died from cancer and before I knew him, and it just nearly ruined him. At that time, he was going to a church that was teaching that if you had enough faith that God would heal. And he prayed with all the faith that he had and she still died from cancer. He was crushed. Because the implication there is it was his fault because he didn't have enough faith when he prayed. Listen, some people aren't healed. And it's not because of a lack of faith. But let me just point out a few things to you. The man at the pool... He was with a lot of people who needed healing, wasn't he? I mean, yeah, that, that's the scene that we have. Everybody there basically needed to be healed. And Jesus healed how many? One of them. I mean, unless he healed others and Luke didn't tell us, but Luke just got through telling us. Um, uh, this is John that I'm reading this in, but Luke told us, you know, when he healed everyone who came to Simon Peter's mother-in-law's house. Did I get that? That's hard to say. Simon Peter's mother-in-law i want to get a drink of water to make sure i i get that right the man at the pool was with a lot of people and one person got healed the man at the pool didn't even ask jesus to heal him you get that he didn't even ask jesus said you want to be healed and the guy says well how can i the the water stir and somebody gets there before i do and jesus says Pick up your mat. He didn't even ask. He didn't even pray. <laughs> the man at the pool didn't have faith. Did you catch that? Now, now, what we don't know from this part, a little bit later we see, like the next verse, the religious leaders, what? Somebody got healed on a Sabbath? Are you kidding me? And they come to him and they said, who did that? He's like, I don't know. This guy told me to pick up the mat and I picked up my mat and I'm walking, you know? And later Jesus comes to him and talks with him. And, and I think later the guy got saved. The guy didn't have any faith. He didn't even know who Jesus was. He wasn't seeking it. He wasn't asking for it. He didn't have any faith. He wasn't the only one who needed it. And yet Jesus healed him. Jesus has all authority. And since Jesus has all authority, then we need to submit to him in every area of our life. Man, that's hard. That's not a one-time thing. That's not a once-a-week thing. That's not a once-a-month thing. That's like an every moment of every day kind of thing that we submit to him in every area of our life. Let me just mention a few people that, that, that we, we know and, and think about the way that they submitted to God in all things. You heard of this guy named Job? 
Now, now if like you're, you're new to Christianity and new to reading the Bible, it looks like job. Um, that, in fact, in English, it needs an E on there for it to be Job. The length and the vowel. I don't know if you know those rules. I learned that in Spanish, by the way. I didn't learn much in grammar in English. Job had everything taken from him. He lost his family. Not just his kids, but his grandkids. They were all together one day having a big family i don't know why job wasn't there but a big family get together isn't that cool if you think about a bunch of brothers and sisters with all their kids did you do that when you were little you get together with your cousins and man you're hanging out they were probably out there playing football cowboys and redskin no i don't know how that worked that's the way we did for thanksgiving the roof collapsed and they all died every single one of them all of job's cattle lost and and then when Satan comes back to God, God says, how's it going with Job over there? And he says, well, psh, yeah, he, he's still going to trust you because he's still got his health. Have you ever heard someone say that? Man, it's been a rough year, but I still got my health. And God said, all right. Just don't kill him, but you can do whatever you want with him. And God allowed Job. This this is a view that we get to be. To be smitten, I, 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 this is gross. You, you guys, here's a good way to do a diet. Just let me explain this to you. He was smitten with boils. I'm from Texas, so boils would have been what I'd said there, but I've been away long enough. Boils. And, and these are oozing sores. And he sat there and would scrape them and just sit in the mess. Anybody want a good sticky cinnamon bun right now? Can you imagine? And, and such pain to the point that Job's wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? Job, just get this over with. Job said, though he slay me, I will hope in him. I will trust in him. No matter what Job said. Now, I don't know. I think I'd be praying for healing. I mean, <laughs> maybe Job did and we don't know. Three buddies. We know that the three amigos in the Bible, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, Shadrach and Benny, if you're VeggieTale fans. I, they, they were brought before the king because when the trumpet sound, everyone was supposed to bow to the statue of the king and worship the king. And they didn't. They were brought before the king and they were told, you do this or you die. And their answer uh, in verse 17, if this be so, in other words, we're not going to do it. But, and if you feel like you have to kill us, if this be so, throw us into the fire. Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, even if he doesn't, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. They so said, we're, we're not going to worship anyone other than Yahweh God, the one true God. 
And if you feel like you need to throw us into the fiery furnace, you go ahead and you, you just need to know that our God can, he can rescue us from that. But even if he chooses not to, we are not going to bow and worship you. Then there's this guy named the Apostle Paul. Now, now this, is, this is the fun one when you read commentaries. Nobody knows exactly what the thorn in the flesh was that the Apostle Paul had. You remember that? He had this thorn in the flesh. He calls it a messenger from Satan to keep him humble. Um, and and <laughs> I've heard all kinds of wild speculation. One of them, one of the, the craziest ones was that Paul had been married and when he came to faith in Christ, his, his wife left him, but she kept harassing him. <laughs> I, I, I don't, you can't get that anywhere out of the Bible, but that's a funny one. Uh, it, it could have been a physical ailment or not. Paul mentions at one point, look with what, big letters i'm writing this look with what big letters that paul maybe had a uh, an issue with his eye in any case paul prays and, and when paul says that he asked three times that god's sake take something from him I, I don't think it was a you know you get up on monday and say hey god would you take this away and and then he forgets about it for a while you know and a month later oh oh yeah god you know that thing i asked you about could, could you take that i think paul I think three seasons of prayer, he prayed earnestly and intently and probably even fasted as he prayed. And finally, God says, no. <laughs> my grace is sufficient for you. Paul, my power is perfected in your weakness. And I think it was Jesus himself who said it to Paul. And then in more modern times, you ever heard of a lady named Johnny Erickson Tata? At 17 years old, a, a, a phenomenal athlete was diving in the water, thought that she could make the dive and pull out in time, hit her head, and everything went limp. They pulled her out of the water, only had use of one side of one of her arms a little of the other but paralyzed from the waist down and she sought healing <laughs> she prayed as she went to doctors to specialist after specialist and prayed earnestly and begged god to heal her you know you know where she finally came to here's what she says she says god's goal is not to make us comfortable he wants to teach us to hate our transgressions as he grows our love for him. She, she finally came to the place that I guess the Apostle Paul did and said, you know what, God? Your grace is enough for me. L let your power be made known in this weakness, in my weakness. Man, I know that tough stuff happens. And, and I would expect for every single one of us if we have an illness or there's someone in our family has an illness, I expect for us to pray for healing because Jesus still heals today. I would expect that. And I would expect us praying, expecting a yes. But what if he says no? Jesus has all authority and and we are to submit to him in every area of our lives. Would we submit to him 
in the area of healing if he says no? If we don't understand, if it's us or if it's a loved one or someone in our extended family, if God says, you know, you're just going to have to trust me here. God's goal for you, this sounds crazy, but God's goal for you is not your happiness. God's goal for you is your holiness. You see, for each and every one of us, God wants to make us into the image of Jesus Christ. He, he wants to change us from the inside out. We want to change from the outside in, don't we? I'm going to change the behavior. All right, I'm going to quit doing that. All right, I'm going to watch my language. I'm going to be careful what I do and what I say and who I hang out with. We want to change from the outside in, but Jesus wants to change us from the inside out. God wants to make us into the image of his son. God says, be holy as I'm holy. And he wants to make us holy. He wants you to be conformed into Jesus' image. And listen, transformation isn't always easy it's not always painful i'm sorry it isn't always painful thankfully but it's not always painless either some people are healed and some aren't some people live and others die and as hard as i try to understand that and get my mind around it why that is the real answer that i come to is i just don't know I don't know. But when you don't understand what he's doing, you can trust who he is. That's what I know. Even when I don't understand what God is doing, I can always trust who God is, whether it's, it's a physical thing that I pray that God takes away and he doesn't. Whether, people with mental illness, people... That, that struggle physically. There are some people that live in pain every single day. Johnny Erickson Tata is one of those pain all the time. I can't imagine what that would be like. Mental, emotional, spiritual. When you don't understand what God is doing, you can trust who God is. Do you believe that? Let me tell you three things about God that you can get a hold of that, that will help you to trust him. One, God loves you more than you could ever understand. He has proved it. He's demonstrated his love for us. That while we're still sinners, Christ died on the cross. He loves you. The second thing is, God knows what's best for you. I, I know, man, and I... I when somebody is hurting and suffering, there's no way in the world I'm going to tell them this is for your good. But here's what I will tell them. You can trust God because God wants what is best for you always. And he knows what's best. And the third thing is that God can always do what's best. When you don't understand what he's doing, you can trust him because of who he is. And listen things might get crazier in our world than they are right now <laughs> I, I don't even ask that question that that i know some of you are thinking well how could it get worse than this i don't even ask that 
but but I read at the end of the book and uh, and I see some things there where it gets it gets pretty crazy. But I skip ahead to chapter 17 and see that he's already won. Today, I don't I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know if it's a physical thing, an emotional thing, a mental thing. Got a call from someone just before service who's really struggling with something. Pray for him. I don't, I don't understand always what God's doing. But I know I can trust him in everything. And, and whatever it is that you may be struggling with this morning, can, can I just encourage you to do this? Would you just lay that at his feet today? Would you just say, God, I don't understand. You can be honest with God and say, God, I don't like this. God, this hurts. But God, I trust you. I trust you through the pain. I trust you for him. I I trust you for her. God, I, I don't understand, but I trust you because of who you are. And I know that you're trustworthy. I'm going to pray for you guys. And and as I pray, the worship team is going to come up to lead us in a time of response. I would invite you, whether you're watching online, you're in overflow, or or whether you're here. If you want to come and pray here, you can. If you're in the overflow, you you can go to the front there. You can turn around in your seat if you're at home. You, you can just turn around and kneel where you are. If you're in the car, you just pray with your eyes open. Um, but I just want to encourage you to take whatever that is, lay it at his feet and say, God, I don't understand, but I trust you. Lord, I trust you. If you say yes, I trust you if you say no, because I know that you love me. Let me pray. Father, your love for us is amazing. I, I thank you, Lord, that, that God, you have stepped out of eternity into time. Jesus, you who existed from eternity past became flesh. And, and you proved your love for us that, that we... We are saved from our sin because you became our sin and you took the punishment and penalty for our sin. And so, Father, the burdens that we carry today, I pray that you would allow us to lay them at your feet. And God, when we don't understand, especially when we don't understand what it is you're doing, God, I pray that you would help us to trust who you are. That we can trust you when you say yes. We can trust you when you say no. Lord, we can trust you when we don't hear anything back when we pray because we know who you are father would you give us the courage and the boldness today to respond to you and lord if there's anyone here who's never placed their faith and hope and trust in christ god would you just draw them to you would you give them lord the courage and boldness to do that maybe for some for the first time in their lives they have seen their need for christ because of their sin and god realize the provision that you've made for them on the cross 
the one who knew no sin became our sin so that we could become your righteousness in him and maybe today would be the day that they would trust christ for their salvation father give us the courage to respond in jesus name we pray amen